Welcome back to All the Above. We're here with Jonah, Carrion, and Dan. Dan, what's your last name, Dan? Kinyotis. You almost forgot yourself. <laughs> I didn't know Kinyonis. if I should say Dan the Man or my actual last name. Kinyotis, that's a very unique name. He does that show, the, uh, what would you do? Is that what it is? John? Yeah, yeah. John Kinyotis. Yeah. Yeah. Love that show. Yeah. Kinyotis, what is it? Kinyotis. Kinyotis. Q-U-I-N-O-N-E-S. Kinyotis. Cool, Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, great show. I always kind of try to put myself in that situation. Like, what what would I actually do? How would you respond? Like, you see what's going on. Yeah. You kind of see how they set it up and all on it. But you kind of put yourself like, would I have done what they do? Or like in the moment, not knowing what John was actually Ken- happening. John Quinone. Somebody does. John Quinone. Yeah. What does he do? The it's show. A, where what would you do? It's called. Yeah. What would you do? And he just goes around and they set up different scenarios and like bait people into whatever scenario they set up to see what they would do. 20 on the ground, see if you pick it up. Yeah, exactly. stuff like that, yeah. Exactly. So uh, John did a great freaking intro. I think we'd have to try and have him yeah. do it with that music that uh, awesome. every time. I would like that. We'll see what Malcolm thinks. But uh, yeah, man, last time we were talking about, oh, yeah. I got all emotional. Yeah, that was Dude, good. it's so hard to believe that was just a week ago, it seems, for so yeah. long. I know. Um, but yeah, we talked about mental illness and uh doing good today <laughs> i don't know i had so, such high ups and, and and such low lows for a while uh, for it feels like a while just the last few days one full day is so long and that's when i got clean people would say one day at a time yeah and i'm like the whole day that's a I used to get a lot done <laughs> yeah. before noon, before eight o'clock. You know what I mean? I yeah. used to get a lot done, bad stuff. And if I think of it now, this, if I think of it now, this moment, um, I can stay clean for right now. I can do anything for right now. Well, now it's not right now anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we were going to, we were going to talk about some benefits of a medication uh, about a, a mental illness, but many other ailments, and I'll let Dan take that away. Yes, um, kind of going off of the mental health, you know, talking about recapping, I should say, kind of what we spoke about last week. It, it's just, I don't crazy isn't the right word, but it's it's a crazy illness. To have, like I said, crazy is not the right word. I know, it's, it's not awesome. the right word at all. <laughs> perception, <laughs> perception, and you know, people have perceptions of certain words, but yeah, yeah, you know, in this case, it's and I see all the medications that my uh, children's mother is on, and she runs through all these different medications, and doctors will up her, will up the milligram, decrease the dosage, up the dosage, and you know, right when it's starting to help her, they they'll mess with the dosages and try try different things. But what I have noticed in the past, and kind of what we're going to talk about today, is marijuana, specifically medical marijuana. And I've seen in the past my children's mom smoke marijuana, and she'd be completely fine. You know, like completely fine, even with drug addicts like ourselves and speaking for me you know five years clean six years almost it's 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 a great thing because it 
helps in so many different ways besides just wanting that instant gratification of wanting to feel a mind change. It it helps in almost every aspect of your mind and your body and how it feels. There's just a lot of great benefits. There's more pros than there is cons when it comes to medical marijuana. Absolutely. I will um, just kind of break the ice, which I kind of was, I, I'm shy about this, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the last six years, again, we probably have really close to the same uh, amount of, of what you might call, quote unquote, clean time. Uh, July 26th this year, 2020, I will have six years clean. I want to, I call myself clean. Now, five, let's see, four and a half years into my recovery of rigorous writing on steps, the reason I'm here, um, what we're going to have a seminar or, or event about is write W-R-I-T-E to change your life because that's how I changed my life. Narcotics Anonymous showed me through the step working guide. And I'd like to create some questions in the same format, but it's going to be completely different. And what kind of pushed this along was a big part of my legalization of marijuana, like like a big part of me being able to use marijuana legally. And I do now in Utah. Yeah, I got my card, I got a letter, I went through a counselor, a doctor. If I had used this early in recovery, if I had gone straight from meth and heroin and then just kept using weed, it would have got me back in the same. Part of that's because of the culture that surrounds marijuana yeah. when it's not legal. I'm not going to say, I'm an advocate, we should push it. Well, it is. It already is. Yes, I'm an advocate. Obviously, I use it. But I, I didn't for four and a half years. I used CBD a little bit before and a half years in. That just, you know, it's got THC in it. Yeah. And I used the CBD flower and the tinctures and things like that. It helped. My wife noticed a positive difference. Never stopped meetings or recovery. I made that such a rigorous habit for four and a half years. And then six months later, I got five years clean. I just went into to talk to, you know, I talked to my doctor. I told him I was using marijuana and it helps. And I told everybody in NA, I was the area chair yeah. uh, for, for the, the, you know, Davis County Area Narcotics Anonymous um, Service Committee. I, I was NA, you know, the, the, the chairperson. And I had some sponsees and stuff like that. I just barely had become the chair. And I, to be honest with you, I think I didn't want the responsibility and that was part of why and, and I have to I had to tell my sponsor recently you know what I wanted to get high that's why I used it but it helped me yeah and I knew it was going to help me it's not that I wanted to get high to escape and I don't um I, I fulfill my responsibilities before I use it at the end of the day but I to take a dose in the morning for yeah. an edible dose that actually really helps me actually do my step work at four o'clock in the morning write things down but I, <clears throat> I'm not going to say I wasn't uh, accepted or understood in the community, the network of people that I was in. And I don't know how open this is talking about it. Eh, uh, you know, Narcotics Anonymous and an anonymous program and stuff. It's probably not the best, but this is my life. That's what changed my life. I'm not trying to promote it or anything, but um, I still go. I still go to meetings. Yeah. I have a service position. Since the, it became legal, they've got a book called In Times of Illness. Going by that, if this is medication, that actually helps me and it is legal. Well, then I'm clean again. 25th, March 25th. To be the truth is, 
I don't have that clean time because I used it before it was legal. Um, but all that aside, it's a medication. It's helping me. Yeah. It's being proven to help me. I don't suggest a recovering addict do it without a significant amount of clean time. Yeah. It may help you. You could be able to probably still do it, but I wouldn't suggest it because I didn't do it, and I only suggest what I did. So that, far, so good. You, you know, that's weird that you mentioned that. You wouldn't recommend it for somebody first starting in, right. in uh, recovery. I wouldn't either because I feel like you have to be a certain amount clean and not just it's not just the time that is what's important it's your mental you're not in the right mental stage to just start smoking marijuana you know a day after you just got out of detox yeah like it's not a good idea (laughs) i would have been right back in the yeah you would be right back and another good point is the legalization of medical marijuana makes it a whole different culture, like you said. Because before, if you just wanted to use marijuana, you're most likely going to the same neighborhood or the same area to get your marijuana. If it's illegal, that's where you go is where things are illegal. And you're bound to relapse on heroin or meth, crack, coke, whatever it was you were doing. So I agree 100%. Like, I don't know the exact time frame. Right. I think only that person... Could, I could think it, really, it was important what I did with that time as well. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I can only suggest what I've done. And in those five years, I worked rigorous recovery and it was five years. So like you said, you never know what, you know, what the amount of time is. You got to know the motivation behind it. And I think for me, it was important admitting my motivation. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get high. I knew it was going to get me high. I want to jump in here for a second. I, obviously, I'm not. Also knew it would help, though. Anyway, yeah. You know, a Narcotics Anonymous, or, you know, when I haven't had a drug problem. But you've you've I, had problems. I, I have problems, but <laughs> and, and we'll cover those. Uh, and that's part of what I want to say is, listening to you talk, you described it in a couple different ways. You said you wanted to start using THC or CBD oil because you wanted the high. But is that really the right word for why you wanted at that moment. Cause we're also talking about how we're describing it as medication. You're taking right, your medication yeah. and like Dan is saying his, his, um, his ex-wife or children's mom, children's mom yeah. uh, is taking medications to balance out her mood and her hormones and whatever else is going on, you know, biological mental functions is marijuana doing that the same for you guys. Is it helping balance out that mood and that mental you know, what's going on. You, you, you describe it as med- medication, but also saying you're getting high, but are, you're not getting high. You know, anybody listening to this knows that you eat or smoke too much weed or you have it for a long time, you hit it and you, ah, you're yeah. scared. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that's what I call conscience. You ever smoked weed and felt bad you were doing it? Because you felt like maybe you shouldn't be doing it? Yeah. You ever smoked weed or felt bad about anything? Or everything. Or everything, yeah. yeah. And that feeling came from other people's opinions. I knew that feeling would hit me, and I need it because I'm fucking crazy. I am. I don't. I'm not going to swear a whole time. I'm sorry. You know, it's our podcast. I'm not going to swear that. It's I just needed the impact word okay. right there. <laughs> but we can bleep it out. You know, I am. I'm crazy, and I don't think. I, I don't think there's a. Very many people listening right now that are are not going to be able to relate with that. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me too. I bet, I bet everybody is. And if you know the uh, extreme paranoia that I remember from it, that's what I, it's funny that that's 
you're taking me through. No, maybe I didn't want to get high because that's what I remembered from it. And I knew I needed to slow down and stop and think because my, my insecurity with my wife and the jealousy thing, I, I call it insecurity because that's what my jealousy was. Yeah. It really helped me understand from an outside-in point of view at the end of the day to change and alter my mind in that way. I knew it would help me see more introspectively um, and empathetically. Yeah. So I knew what she felt like because I knew the thoughts that I was thinking were not what I know to be true. And what came out of marijuana using a, a, a cannabis as a recovering addict with all that recovery in my head. What it did is it twisted, I want to say it twisted, it twisted my brain to realize what I think, what I think, and what I know are two different things. Yeah. It almost split. I could, I could distinguish much more clearly the addict from um, the recovering adult that I am today. Yeah. The kid. It's very, it's, it's crazy to, I'm going to say the word crazy, it's weird to see the difference in the growth in the last eight, nine months that I've been actually using cannabis. Yeah. And I, I talked to my wife, my kids, you know, it's crazy. It, it is. Um, for me, being a recovering heroin addict slash meth all the way down the line, when I got out of prison this last time, almost six years ago now, I got put on Suboxone. And at first, uh, medical marijuana wasn't even in the discussion, but marijuana was kind of similar to yours, to you, Jonah, is I would take these medications because on top of the, the Subutex, they also prescribe me Xanax. So... I'm in, you know, I'm medically right there, technically getting high. Like, it's altering my mind state. Whether I'm clean off of the hardcore stuff or being prescribed something that's, you know, pretty much synthetic to what I was already taking. So fast forward, you know, five years to about six months ago. Well, I'll take you back a year ago when I went through the breakup with my children's mom. Um, I didn't get to see my kids for like two months. Didn't talk to them. And I was smoking marijuana at the time. But it was weird because it all of a sudden had a different effect on me. I would be extremely paranoid. I would get panic attacks. Anxiety would go off the charts. So I actually stopped smoking. Like just completely one day. Well, after I hired my lawyer for my kids, like that day I completely stopped. It was almost a full year that I didn't smoke up until I got my medical card. And when I got my medical card, the reason for me going to get it was to come off of the medications that I've been on prior. So since I got my medical card, it took me a good two weeks to actually use the cannabis because I had... I had it in my mind already, like, well, it made me feel this way a year ago. Like, is that, is it going to change? So I got the right, because there's different types of cannabis too, for what, what your medical problem or issue may be. Yeah. And so I got something that's a little. Just like any 
herb. Yes, exactly. And healing herb. Exactly. So you got. So I got something that, you know, is more on the calm and, you know. You know, you can get, when you get your referral to the pain clinic, you get pain clinic, they don't call them dispensaries in Utah. They call, they call them a pharmacy, which I think is really good. Yeah. All the rules they had to go through. Yeah. Now that I'm in recovery, before you're like, this sucks. And now you're like, that's great because they... They they make you you register with a with a with a, a pharmacy. You have to sit down with a pharmacist. Yeah, he shows you the receptors, the cannabinoid receptors. Yeah, and the THC the, where it all goes. Like our bodies are made with with the receptors to to take this. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, now what are, what were you like it for? Nausea, sleep, yeah. psychological anxiety, just like you're saying exactly. It, it, and I got prescribed Lamictal and Celexa. Yeah. So I, well, I knew I needed something for my bipolar. Yeah. Because anytime I had got off my meds, shit, stuff went to hell. Yeah. Things went to hell. It, it, so just like you're talking about, and you talked about meds, I've been taking mental health meds since I got, quote, quote, unquote, clean. Yeah. And they say in NA, all mood and mind-altering substances. So was I clean to begin with? Technically, no. Each recovering addict, it's up to you whether you're clean or how you're clean or not. Yeah. Right? And see... In your situation, I would count it as clean. Like, because to me, in my situation, my life got unmanageable when I was doing heroin, meth, anything under the sun. So the way I look at it, even though I was on medications and now I'm on medical marijuana, I've still been clean for, for six years in my life. My life, I'm not just saying that, like my actions and my life speak yes. speak for that as well. I was going to say, you don't, you're not just clean off drugs and stuff. You live a clean exactly. life. Exactly. Lie, steal, cheat. Yep. I don't hustle. I don't look at what I can get out of a situation without giving anything. I actually look more to how I can give. And when yeah. I receive, it's amazing. Because yeah. I was, I, my truck is nicer than anything I could have lived in. Like, I could have lived in my truck like a mansion. I, I stay there yeah. all day, every day. I'm like, this is really nice compared to where, I, where anywhere I would have been myself. Like, ha, ha, you know, how did this happen? Yeah. We just look to where we can get, all right, I've taken enough. We just get to the point of taking enough. Yeah. You know what amazes me? When you talked about you, you used, legally, medical marijuana to get, from, to, to get through the withdrawals of yeah. opiates. Yeah. I have done that many times, yeah. and I never understood. Why do you get on opiates to get off of opiates? <laughs> I've yeah. tried to it, taper. It that makes doesn't no work. Sense. It, don't. it never works. Any taper I've ever tried to do on the street, they're doing in the clinics, and yeah. they're like, that doesn't work. You cannot get off of an opiate, and you'll just stop taking an opiate. Guess what? you got to come down. What goes up must come down. It's just like the law of gravity. If I take a substance and it stops the production of that substance in my body but I've got to stop taking it and go without until my body has the reproduction yeah. and there are physical things. How bad is it? I used to like, I'll talk to addicts now. Like, okay, what you got to do is it tomorrow morning. You got to go in the gym. You got to get in the sweat room. What? what? Okay. Well, you don't stink like, you don't stink yeah. like garbage enough. So, I mean, have you lost enough? How long you've been homeless for it? Really? Like yeah. you want to get clear in a meeting. You want to get clean, but they won't do it. Yeah. Go sweat. You don't want to eat some vegetables and water all day tomorrow. Smoke a ton of weed or eat brownies or you know, yeah. edibles, gummies, whatever. Eat a bunch of green. This is how I have told recovering addicts from heroin. Not since I've been clean in NA. Let me get that clear. Yeah. But 
now and before that's how i did it you eat vegetables you drink water you go yeah. sweat and you get through it three days four days yeah instead of 11 12 days laying there whining moaning to get do something about it how bad is it to write something down then after that go to a meeting and read and write yeah addicts will die before they do that yeah. but they're just the medical system is replacing you know my my, my nephew had pancreatitis and uh he um <clears throat> he's drinking himself to death and he's been through pancreatitis multiple times and i gave him some, some edibles and he started crying he's like why don't they give this to people in the hospital yeah if i would have never gotten opiates i would have never been started through this and i drinking went to drinking from opiates i was clean for like a year but yeah i was just gonna say that dying. like medical disgusting. marijuana it is it's really disgusting and you know they could really this our state utah could really benefit and be on the front end of this pandemic that has been going on for years now here in the state with heroin meth instead of overlooking it or throwing everybody in jail you know medical marijuana could be a great tool for people in detox or people doesn't matter what your issue is if it's something mentally or physically like there is a a benefit from using medical marijuana and it's just it's i can't even fathom why they decide to just be so willing to fork out all these medications that do nothing but destroy your body and destroy it and destroy it but a lot of people look down on marijuana like it's you know it's been portrayed as this hardcore gateway drug which is another thing that i don't you know this is my personal opinion it is if it's illegal yeah it is if you exactly go to the place where other illegal stuff is you're gonna run into yeah it those is those things but, but i can't sit here and say that pharmacy. i would see yeah exactly it's i can't sit likely. here and say i would have turned out the same way if I never smoked weed when I was 13, you know, chances are I still would have made the same decisions. Right. But I don't know. I, with my experience and what I know, like I said, there's more pros to it than there is cons. Greatly. And I've, I'm watching it firsthand how it's helping people's daily lives whether that be from them having stomach issues or being in pain all day, no matter what it is, like I keep saying, in some way, fashion or another, because you just don't, you don't have to smoke it. Right. You know? You eat it. You, you can, can eat it. as a balm. You can use it as a balm. Uh, little drops, you know? Definitely a tincture, sublingual. You know, it's not just for your mind. It's definitely yeah. good for your joints, your body, everything like that. Um, the work... I'd like to talk about the work that I did <laughs> to <clears throat> allow cannabis to enrich my life mentally. It was through writing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things when I said it would allow me to go introspective is I would think um, it, would, it would help me be empathetic and stop, slow down and think a little bit about just, just think of things from someone else's point of view yeah. and my insecurity, um, 
it's so crazy to, to when I tell people, mostly recovering addicts get it when I say what I think and what I know are two different things. You have to say it a certain what I think. Mm, what's going like? What do I? You know, I think something's going on, but what I know behind that and those con- those two contradicting feelings. Yeah. Um, those two feelings going on and how to deal with that. Yeah. And 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 follow like when I'm whining and complaining yeah. excessively, and and I'm, I'm obsessing over a certain thing, and I and I tell myself shut up. Shut up, shut up while I'm still bitching about the same thing to my yeah. wife, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you got to stop. And then I walk away, I'm like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. You're, I'm so ashamed. Now, you, now how are you going to apologize for that? Yeah. I can avoid the whole situation and go, you know what? I don't have to start this. Because once I start talking, words can't get taken back. Yeah. But if I don't say them. I could say other ones in place of them or just leave it quiet. Yeah. And then I think in my mind, God lives in silence. (laughs) (laughs) Here he is. Look at that. I, you know, I find myself too with my kids doing just that. Like I, I'm a lot more calm with them. And when there's an, when an issue arises, I don't immediately go into defense mode you know, right away, I sit there and I'll assess the situation. Like, why is, why, what is making my son throw a tantrum right now? What is it? And what can I do to either help him get over that or divert his attention to something that, you know, that will make him happy? And my, my nerves and just like my, my overall mindset is almost like it went down to another level, a calmer level where I'm able to look at a situation that we're in, assess it, and then move forward accordingly rather than acting on impulse and sending the kids to their room or getting on them about whatever you know it may be or just getting on them because they've been crying all day. You know, I find myself checking myself before I act in a, a situation more patient yes more patience and I've been told I I'm blessed with a lot of patience so if I've got more patience now then I'm, I'm okay with that I can actually say I'm a patient person these days yeah can yeah you I'm know patient as immature as I can act I'm all looking at John because we work <laughs> together I'm like I'm like about to about to say I say I stop think before I say <laughs> I can say about to say have you ever known me to be a should I ask him that? That's what went on in my yeah. mind. And yeah. I thought, I could actually ask John, would you say I'm a patient person? You've known me pretty well for a little bit. Yeah, I think you're you're patient in a way. You, you kind of are like a delayed patient, if that makes <laughs> sense. Because like, like, like you just did, like you start something, you start a sentence, and you're like, oh, wait, let's come back from that. Yeah, I did okay, that in my we- <laughs> mind before I said something. Right. I was like, yeah, it's a great, you know, like, but being patient, like, have I ever hurried you along or being eager to get something now on an impulse buy or tell somebody, hurry up, come on, get Yeah, along. no, I don't think so. If, if anything, anything, you're like the opposite of that, like, 
other people are like, come on, Jonah, let's <laughs> let's move <laughs> along. Let's get going. <laughs> I would I would like to believe that I I could put and when I, I'm just talking talk about this in writing terms, um, I could put patience as one of my uh, one of my assets, my character assets. Yeah. And I'd like to put that asset in place of a defect. Obviously, patience would be in place of impatience. But uh, if I if I think about that, you know, people think you know, hurry it along, or like if I'm if I'm thinking about what you know in in impatience, what is another asset of mine I could put in place of impatience? Will gratitude bring me back to? And this is through practice. I think yeah. I'm thinking. So these are the tools in my tool belt. All right. So I found a defect in my character, and I'd like to change it. So, what do I got to do? My toolbox has set me up to go, okay, well, I, I do have uh, assets as well, and they counteract these defects. So, like a kid in a toy box, I'm like, okay, look, ah, I found this box full of squares, so I don't want to play with squares. The edges are sharp. It's, ah, those aren't fun. All right, what box over here? I, I have now found that I've got like three, four other boxes but they all are boxes with holes in them. And I'm like, all right, well, it looks like a square, but it's, you know, these are all squares, but what size of a square? Before I go grabbing a box and trying to jam a square through the box metaphorically, and I'm jammed up in a situation with my wife where I'm getting mad at her and yelling at her, jealous about something that I know is not going on, metaphorically, jamming a square, this hole, and a, damn it, I look, I got a measuring tape now. Yeah. It's another tool in my belt. What that is, is the discernment, the ability. Now, now, what I can change, what I cannot. I've got to, I've got to figure out what I can. Okay, I can only change myself. So I've got these these boxes basically of all these character defects and assets. I didn't even know I had assets before. I just thought I was a piece of garbage and yeah. had defects. All these character defects. Well, now I find I've got assets. I learned how to find out my assets. Oh my God. Okay, well, there's some, you know, over here some assets that I could put the, these squares in these holes and they may disappear. That's putting a, an asset in place of a defect. Oh my God! Well, I, what are my assets? Well, I've got um, I'm, I'm 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 energetic, I'm happy. I smile. What are what are one of these? What is going to go in the the patience, the impatience slot? Kindness. I got a lot of that. Humility. What's humility? You know what I mean? Like yeah. all these things in my head. These words I'm saying. I believe about myself now. Yeah. And to even talk good about myself, I am patient and be able to think. Yeah, yeah, I am, and confidently say something good about myself. Yeah, that's really hard to do. You know, and it's crazy when that first comes over, and you're able to think like that about yourself. It's almost like, it's almost like you are, like not born again, but yeah, I was just gonna say, like, feel like you're a little kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what, what is this feeling like? Over the I'm weekend, worth something. Yeah, over the weekend, uh. Me and the kids went up to uh, the mountains for the day on the on the fourth, to where my mom was camping at, and we were out on a, a side by side ride, and I just remember looking. I had my two year old right here next to me, and I'm holding him, and I'm looking out the side of the side by side, and I'm just looking at all these beautiful mountains and you know all this open space, and I'm breathing because my my uh. My nose is all messed up. I have a hard time breathing. But when I was up there, like, I was able to breathe in my nose and out my mouth for the first time in a long time. And 
I had that same feeling where I'm just like sitting there breathing and it felt like chambers in my lungs got air that haven't gotten air in a long time. And I had that exact same feeling like, wow, you know, I'm doing all right. I got, all, I got, yeah, I have all my kids with me, you know, have them every day. But it, it, it put everything in my life that's going on right now almost into perspective. And I had that born again or epiph- epiphany moment. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Ex- epiphany you know? after epiphany I've had to it, in recovery. But like in this stage of my life, it, it hit me like you're not, things aren't as bad as you're, you're stressed out to be, you know? Yes. And like I had, I was just breathing and breathing in a way that I haven't for a few months now. And it just all hit me. And I felt a more appreciation for what it is I'm doing with my life. And it gave me more appreciation for my kids as well. It, it was it was a surreal, crazy, and I hate using that word. Just, I know, right? I, it's just a word. You know, yeah. I mean, it's so funny because everything's open to interpretation. Yeah. I think that has to do, and I will briefly touch on this and not at all get into it. We will eventually, but just like politics, I think um, one side versus the other. I'm not even going to say the names of yeah. anything. Yeah. But I believe from my perception and opinion that on one side of really anything, any conflict, a one person says something and they either mean offense and or the other person takes yeah. offense. Whether someone means offense to me or not, I don't have to take it. Yeah. But if someone offends me, what I learned when I got out of uh, Island View Residential Treatment Center in 1997, I believe. Oh, my God. Oh, what are we looking at? 20, 20 years ago now? So we're looking 21 years ago. 21, something like that. 21 years ago. Um, I got out of that and, 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 and what I what I realized to understand because I was scared of fighting, I got picked on, it was a big part of my life and, and, and I, I, w- I was terrified of it at this point, like more scared because I had been in sheltered and yeah. I was on my way to prison at like uh, 12, 13, like I was on my way to prison Jeez. for sure. I was like, I was like in a bad way, dude, headed for a horrible life. And I look back on it now. But when I got out of that treatment center 10 and a half months later and then in a foster home (laughs) for a couple months, it really pushed me back into shape. But uh, when I got out of there, I realized I need to ask people before I have permission to punch them. Uh, (laughs) Are you offending me on purpose? Oh, no, 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 I'm not. Oh, well, then we could be friends. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. I'm like, oh, interesting. Look at that. So really, at this point, I got to say, okay, I'm offended, but why? I'm offended, but why? But if I ask the person, hey, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm offended by that, but I don't know if you meant to offend me. Yeah, I meant to offend you. Okay, then we've got to establish, are you threatening physically? Yeah. So are you threatening me? Because I, I don't, I don't, I would rather have peace. Yeah. Approaching any situation like that has really avoided a lot of confrontation, unnecessary confrontation. Yeah, I bet. Because as a fighter, and then if you are to get your concealed carry permit, um, which I've wanted to for a long time, whether I do or not, or have or haven't, or could or couldn't get it, 
You know what I mean? Whatever stresses or struggles I went through with that, um, if I thought about being able to, to have that right, or anybody can, I really better, I really better be able to be able to differentiate whether I know or not and can ask calmly if someone is meaning to offend me. Yeah. And if they say yes, and I mean you physical harm, well, I probably just want to get away from that and, and back to my family safely yeah. because it's not worth my pride. And I learned also there, okay, I need to differentiate whether someone is meaning to offend me or not. Mm. Um, am I threatened or not? Do I care or not? Why do I care? All these things. Um, it, it's it, back and forth, you know, meaning offense, taking offense. This book called The Three Agreements, the, the, the Four Agreements. Four? Four Agreements? <laughs> four, four Agreements. Uh, it talked about words being just a spell. I could put a spell on you and make you hit me without touching you. That makes a lot of sense. And I'll say the words real quick, and anybody listening, if I call somebody a punk or a, or, or a bitch, just feel that, right? Or a lame. Isn't that yeah. right? Or, yep. Yeah. It, even if you haven't been in that culture that those words probably originated offensively from, we'll talk about just briefly, just cryptically, that culture. So but if, if you call me that and you call my wife the worst names possible and you call my kids the worst names possible, but you don't touch me. I really don't have any right. You can, you're harassing me, but yeah. that's not self-defense. Yeah. I need to get away period. Yeah. And I'm not talking, that's the law. It's just common sense, man. I don't mm -hmm. want a confrontation. Sure. I could be tough. I could be a fighter. I could be mean. I could be down. Dude, I'm 38 years old. I'd like a lot of money in the bank so I don't have to go to work and I can lay with my wife, bring her coffee, hug my kids and be around them, you know? Yeah. That that's probably takes priority whether I let some dude punk me in Walmart parking lot. <laughs> you know yeah. What I'm get a You're a punk. Hey. Later. So <laughs> I'm gonna finish my cigarette. You all right, bro? Yeah. Like you don't smoke, you know, like, calm down, pass pee. It's just <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like we could, maybe we could talk. But no, I mean I just like why? And, and yeah. um, the, the majority of the time I have been that way. Hey, 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 let's just, let's figure out a way to work this out. People are like, yeah, nobody really wants like that. And I don't go around places where I am pretty sure people are going to be, want to be like yeah. that. It's all in perception, man. Yeah, it and is. My brother got in an argument and as we many, too many times, it's just, did you mean to offend me or, but if somebody's like, no, you meant to offend me. Yeah. And you no, 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 I don't. And they insist that you did. That's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But uh, this is all about taking and giving offense. It comes back to this. Let's just say the serenity prayer. God, you grant me the serenity mm -hmm. to, or whoever, or what I was have. I have the serenity, whatever you call it, to um, accept the things I cannot change. Okay, I hope I can. Yeah. The wisdom to know that what can I change, what can I not? Me. All I can change. Yeah. I can make myself feel any way regardless of life's circumstances yeah you know and that's crazy <laughs> you say that and i think about you know w what i've said before like it it's helped me personally not only with my children but along with their mother is reacting reacting to how they're acting towards me you know, it's helped me out as a person, and then it's also helped those relationships as well. Because when I think about my reaction or why they 
maybe acting a certain way, I'm able to decipher like the whole situation. And even if, you know, if they're still acting up or me and their mom are still in an argument, it makes it so that argument doesn't escalate and go completely off the rails like all arguments can. So that going off of what you said, it all, you know, kind of ties in to how you receive or how you act towards, you know, your reaction towards something versus how you take in what people may be telling Right. Telling you, I don't yeah, know. I kind of lost it right there, but I know. Yeah, yeah. It's how you take it, take taking offense or not. I don't yeah. care if you're giving it. Yeah, that's how I react. Yeah. If I believe that I deserve better, that I that I deserve to feel better, and I'm not talking about an egotistical, yeah. prideful way, yeah. or I think a lot of myself. Yeah. Um, thinking humility, I heard, is not thinking less of myself, but thinking of myself less. Yeah. I love that, but here, if I have realized enough assets of my own and I have worked on putting my assets in place of my defects and making amends and admitting when I'm wrong, promptly admitting it, taking my daily inventory of my feelings and my thoughts and my morals and values as I go through each day, which hell has pushed me to this. (laughs) I have built value in myself and found love yeah. myself so now i enjoy being alone it's really nice yeah so when i feel those tense and 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 uncomfortable feelings of jealousy over something anything envy i start getting you know riled up with my brother and i'm hard in my opinion and i know he is well come on now hold on easy he's easy uh let's just talk later let's cool off and we'll go ahead and talk later i don't like feeling this way yeah I love that. Hey, that's pretty neat. Man, I don't want to, why do I want to sweat and my face all red? And I, can you imagine what the inside, inside of your body looks like? Yeah. Can you imagine what your freaking bile and stomach acid and like your organs bubbling look like when you're extremely angry? Yeah. Man, I'm an intense dude. Ugh, it's rough being in this, whatever Jonah this is, I guess, called Jonah this. Yeah. yeah. Thing, but but I, <laughs> in this, and, and those things happen often in this organism in which I I- inhabit. <laughs> Happens to bubble up, <laughs> just be the type of uh, high frequency vibrating energy, and I can't help it. I didn't have a choice for that. But now that I'm aware of it can take in more oxygen and actually change the chemicals going on in my brain. Yeah. So there's a, like we were talking about mm-hmm. um, mental health meds earlier. Yeah. Um, and, and marijuana being uh, mood and mind altering substance. Those are two, you know, yeah, these are, are things that are used to balance out whatever chemicals maybe not be there was selective serotonin mm-hmm. re uptake inhibitor is a an antidepressant yeah uh, ssri if i broke those words down i thought about them and what they do they help me be aware of these things but if i don't do the work i wrote on things I'm not saying you have to write yeah that's just the one thing that did i believe somebody takes these meds or they take some kind of meds and they just think it's gonna 
change things. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of all of these things in my brain and my mind and these things going on until I did the work. The The medication, yes, helped regulate the chemicals in my brain. But that... That helped. Okay, where am I going to put this regulation of chemicals now? Yeah. Back into, oh, I can focus on hustling. I'm not just going to sell. I'm not just going to, I'm just going to sell. I'm not going to do any. Yeah. Well, I can make my money. Yeah. No, that's not living a clean life. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, some people believe it is. Where are your morals and values? I don't know, but yeah. I know where mine are. Yeah. And if those be your morals and values and you don't believe you're hurting anybody and you're living happy and you're productive and helping people do mm-hmm. it. Do whatever we do. Yeah. That that's it just promotes peace and love. It, but it made me aware of what's going on specifically, scientifically in my body. I want to do uh, reduce the chances of me getting that mad or feeling that way early in recovery. So mm-hmm. part of it was like, put your hands on warm water. Doesn't that sound stupid? <laughs> yeah. Try it. It works. Yeah. Really? Well, it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That yeah, it feels good. Yeah. It's cool. Well, it, if, it, if, if it's factually, it feels good to almost anybody who can feel their hands. If you can feel your hands, warm, lukewarm water, breathing, and the tongue on the roof of your mouth, try it. Try it and tell me you'll <laughs> feel more relaxed than you ever have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have time for that. I believe you, that's the only yeah, thing you have time for. You have for. time for it. Do you have time for heartburn? Do you have time to stop at Walmart and walk in to grab a $16 bottle, yeah. a small bottle or three, whatever, As I because uh, I do have Harvard, uh, <laughs> of Omeprazole for 16 bucks. Why? That's all you need. You go in there, you try to get it with you because you ran out or something. Like, yeah, you got to take heartburn meds. you have time for that? Yeah. Or when you're in the bathroom, take a deep breath. Maybe you're feeling good. When, cool. you're, Keep when your face good. is in your phone. Yeah, you know, dude, seriously. You got time. There's time. Yeah, just when you're in the bathroom, put your hands in warm water and take a deep breath. Think through, uh, what am I good at and what am I bad at? All right, I did it. Cool. If that's all you did for that day, you did it. Yeah. Maybe do it again the next day, consistent and maybe more. Yeah. For every other day. Having that thing, telling myself I'm going to do that. All right, I'm going to try this. Whatever. Uh, here I am six years later, one of the owners of a a pretty big company. My brother's just, I mean, I have gotten enough money to ruin my life again. Yeah. But I had no control over it or direction (laughs) to where it went. And I would call that God and some might call that coincidence. But anytime I've ever made money like this, it's downhill. But it started with that, the awareness, the mental health, the medication. There's medications. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. When used, yeah, when used, yeah, what am I going to do with the focus? It, it, it regulates my chemicals. Have you found or been to the doctor or talked about or used, if you don't mind my asking, any mental health medications? No, I haven't. I've antidepressants or anything. When I was younger, I got put on Celexa, I think, but I didn't give it a chance. I took it for a couple of days and that was pretty much it. But since then, no. I I haven't actually need to go to the doctor and just get like an overall physical done and some blood work done because it's been so long, you know, yeah. I haven't been since I've been clean. I know that. So it's been at least five, almost six years since I've been to the doctor. So you know, what's crazy is the structure and direction of this program. It, it made me do it because it put it on my conscience. And yeah. Now that I'm clean and I can't, yeah. you I know, can't rub out I keep, the old conscience. I keep telling myself I don't have time. <laughs> right. You know, but. Yeah, whatever. It's it's gonna get done. 
Yeah. So, um, end of the podcast. Yeah, did we make it? It's been a long time. I feel good. Do you got stuff to say? No, I feel good. I love you, man. Love you too. This has been cool. Yeah. John. John and Bottom Anonymous. All right. This is the uh, end of third, uh, episode three of All the Above. Um, join us next time. We'll recap a little bit. And um, we love you guys. Um, look for uh, Malcolm Golding's company, Blue Hope. And um, we'll be having a seminar, uh, uh, an event soon called Right to Change Your Life here in the next 30 to 60 days. Thank you, John Hubbard. Dan, your last name again. <laughs> Just call me Dan the Man. Dan the Man. Dan Jonah the Man. Carrie and Malcolm Golding. You guys have a good day. Love you. Thank you.